Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm thankful that you have joined our program today. Today, we continue a study of a, a book that we have begun within the last couple of weeks, of Why I'm a Member of the Church of Christ, written by Leroy Brownlow. And today, we are ready for reason number two in that series it was founded on the scriptural foundation. I'm a member of the Church of Christ because it was founded on the scriptural foundation. And we'll talk about what that means to us as Christians and and how that, that applies to us. Uh, before we get into our lesson for today, though, let's begin, as we always do, with a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to study it together, to understand it. We pray, Father, that you would help us to, to understand it in such a way as to, to bring glory and honor to your name. We pray that you would be with us as we go throughout our lives and help us as we face the world to remain faithful to you. Help us not to be ashamed of your word, but to Present your gospel, your truth, to the world who so desperately needs it. We are thankful for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us and it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. All right, as we get into our lesson for today, um, we begin by looking at the importance of a good foundation. I think we all probably understand the importance as far as a building is concerned, a house or something of that nature. We understand the importance of a good foundation. Every house and every building that has stood the test of time and elements was built upon a firm foundation. Um, I can think of older houses, one in particular, uh, when I was growing up, we always visited North Carolina. That's where my uh, dad's family is from. And so we would, would always go to visit Andrews, North Carolina. 
and there's what we would probably call the old homestead, the Webb House, as it's it's known, and um, it, it's a beautiful looking house. Now it, it's come under disrepair in um, probably the last 15, 20 years or so, uh, and some of it from the top uh, level is is not really safe to to be in, but uh, the house is still there, and there is still someone living in it, at least as far as I know. It's an older house. It's got to be a hundred something years old, um, <laughs> or maybe that's just an exaggeration from my childhood. I don't know, uh, but it is an older house, and yet it still continues to stand. And at least from the outside, it is a beautiful, beautiful home. Um, and certainly, I would love to to see it restored to some degree at some point, but. Um, anyway, it's it stood for a good many years. Why? Because it was built on a firm foundation. And it seems like today that, that when we look at, at houses, sometimes they don't tend to last as long as some of these that, that were built back in the early 1900s or maybe even later than that. Um, I know the building that I'm currently in, not the swing of it, where my office is, but the the auditorium part of our church building was built back in 1923, and hey, it's still standing and still beautiful. It's been well cared for, um, but the reason that it stands is because it was built on a firm foundation. I know a few years ago, uh, growing up in in my parents' home, that I remember we had an issue where. Uh, we started to see a crack in one of the walls, and it went up one of the door door frames and kind of went off into the ceiling, and we had to, to prop up the foundation. And it was just something where the, the land underneath it had, had kind of fallen a little bit, and so the, the house had begun to fall, so we had to prop it up. But as long as it's on a good foundation, it'll, it'll continue to stand, and it, it's fine. Uh, maybe you've experienced similar but not to go too deep into this illustration, every house, every building that is founded on a firm foundation will continue to stand. But a house that is not built upon a firm foundation, no matter what it may be built with, will fall as it is weakened with every storm that it faces. You would know, think of the three little pigs and and the, the one that built this house out of straw, one built this house out of sticks, and then one used bricks. And the one that used bricks, his house stood. But it's more than just the material. And as adults, we understand that. It's more than just the material that the house is made on. But it's the foundation on which it is built, which will decide whether or not it stands. And even the strongest materials, such as brick and concrete, as the strongest I think of, they will not keep a house standing without the proper foundation underneath them. Spiritually speaking, the same is true. You know the song, the wise man built his house upon a rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came up, and yet the wise man's house stood firm. We know that, that song. 
And hey, what happened to the foolish man? He built his house upon the sand. The rains descended. The floods came up. And the foolish man's house was done for. But why? Because it wasn't founded on a solid foundation. And it's more than just a song. It's a scriptural principle. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount used this very idea, which is where we get the song from. Matthew 7, beginning with verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. What rock did the wise man build upon? That's the question, and that's what we're going to look at for the rest of this lesson. What rock did the wise man build upon? What is the rock or foundation? Let's go back to Matthew 16, pick up reading in verse 13. We used this a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and if I remember correctly, I think this these verses are used in at least the first three or four lessons of the series. Uh, that we are, are currently in. But Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13, we read that Jesus asks a very important question of his disciples. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said to them, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, what we're looking at here in this passage uh, to determine the identity of the rock, we must determine the confession to which it refers. So we're going back to, you know, we're thinking still of Matthew 7 and what Jesus said there about the, the wise man building his house on a firm foundation on a rock. Well, what is the rock? In order to determine that, then we have to look at the, the confession that is made here. Let's look at Peter's confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter confessed his faith in Christ as, the be, as being the true 
and only begotten Son of the living God who sent him. But Peter's is not the only confession that is made here. It's the one that we most often recognize. But Jesus also made a confession here. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now the question is, was the church to be built on Peter or Peter's faith? Let's go back to Peter's confession for a moment. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He is expressing his faith in Christ as the son of God. It's not on Peter that the church is going to be founded. He is not the foundation of the church. But as we look at at what is said here, we realize that there's a difference in wording, not just in the English, but also in the Greek. And we see that, that really, as we look at this question, was the church built on Peter or Peter's faith, you know, we know that both are, are claimed by different individuals. There are some churches that claim that Peter is the foundation of the church. And there are also a great many that, that, that recognize his faith. Let's look at the Greek here. There are two different words that are used for Peter and rock. Now, had God in inspiration, if he had wanted to use the same word, you could have, very well could have, and it would have uh, the the meaning that God wanted, right? But he used two different words, and I think it shows two different meanings when we look at Peter and rock. Peter, the Greek word for Peter is Petros, and it is a Greek name meaning rock, apparently a primary word, a rock as a name. Petrus, an apostle. That is from Strong's Greek. And the word rock is not translated from Petros, but Petra and Thed. A rock, ledge, cliff, cave, stony ground. Feminine of the same as Petros, a rock. And that is also from Strong's Greek. Now, as we look at these words again, two different words, Petros for Peter, Petra for rock. And even though they have the same root, they are still different words and they have different meanings. You see, the rock upon which the church was to be built was not Peter himself. But the rock upon which the church was to be built, it was his faith. The confession of his faith in Christ and that he is the son of God. What's the difference? The church is not founded on humanity and the weakness that comes in human flesh, but upon divinity instead, uh, upon righteousness and the sonship of Christ to God. That's what the church is founded upon. Let's take a moment and look at some other scriptures here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
No man can lay any other foundation for the church than what foundation has already been laid in Jesus, in his being sent to the earth, in his dying on the cross for our sins. We see that he paid the price to purchase his church. Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. Ephesians 2, beginning with verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The foundation is is not necessarily the apostles themselves, but what they did They were given a message, just as the prophets were also given messages in their day and time. And we see that they presented these messages of what was to come, of what was to be, and of what God wanted from his people. And and as we look at the church, when we see in its establishment in Acts chapter 2, we see that the disciples, the ones who became members of that church, after they had been obedient to the plan of salvation, after they had been baptized for the remission of their sins, we see that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which was not their own doctrine, but the doctrine that God had given them and in which they were to teach and in which the the church was to be founded on. That's what we're talking about here. Jesus is the chief cornerstone of this foundation. And the church is founded upon him. In Psalm 118, beginning with verse 22, Psalm 118, verses 22 through 24, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And Jesus applied this latter passage to himself. In Matthew 21 and verse 42, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So we see that that Jesus, again, is the stone in which the church is founded upon. Peter later affirms the same following the, the healing of a lame man and his and John's arrest for doing so in Acts chapter 3. We pick up in Acts chapter 4 and verses 8 through 12. Acts 4, beginning with verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And what is that chief cornerstone? It is Christ. You see, the rock that the church is founded upon is the faith that Peter expressed. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we still make that great confession today. Whenever someone obeys the gospel in faith, leading to obedience, repentance, confession of faith, and baptism for the remission of sins, it's upon that confession that we make in becoming Christians that the church is founded upon. It's not Peter. It never was intended to be founded on Peter, but on the rock of his confession of his faith in Christ. And it's upon that faith that the church is founded. Without that faith, it is impossible to please him, according to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And so, in order to be pleasing to God, then we must have that faith. In order to be in his church, in order to be in his kingdom, we must be members of his church, the church that is founded upon Christ and the teachings of the apostles. The foundation that the church is is founded upon will stand. It will stand. Nothing and no one will ever change the fact that Jesus is and ever shall be the Son of God. And there are those who oppose him, those that refuse to believe in him, and those who would rather Wipe his name from history and the memory of every human being. Sad to say. And as we we look at these people, we see that, that they stand firmly against Christ. But no matter what they do, no matter how hard they try, they cannot destroy the church. Because the church is founded on the rock of our faith in Christ. It's founded upon him. It's founded upon the scriptures. That church will always stand. Nothing and no one will ever change the fact that the church was founded upon Christ. Jesus promised it before the church was established. I will build my church. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave, um, any powers of hell. They cannot 
prevail against this church. And even today, his church still stands. No matter how hard anybody has ever tried, the church is still in existence. We may be in fewer numbers today than than what we have been in, in, in many years past, but the church is still in existence, and it always has been. Uh, again, something that, that I believe we've talked about before is that there are many who believe that the church was established by Alexander Campbell. He came and and he, he began what we refer to as the Restoration Movement. But there is evidence that the church was founded before Alexander Campbell, that it was still in existence before Al- Alexander Campbell. And we know its beginning goes back to the scriptures and back to Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost, it still stands. And any church that is founded upon the scriptures by that seed, it and I think that's something that comes up in later lessons, but by that seed, it creates Christians. And we can continue in this same church. Though many have deserted her and, and many have tried to shame her into non-existence, Christ's church continues to stand. Atheism and any other powers that that would stand against the church that are not going to be successful, the church will continue to stand. As long as God's word is around, and it always will be, I believe that the church will continue to stand. Now, what about institutions, the, the churches and you know, we think of, of denominations here, okay? But these churches that are founded upon beliefs and traditions of men, what's going to happen to them? The reason that I'm a member of the Church of Christ is because I know it to be the church of the Bible. And I know that we do everything according to the scriptures that are given to us. We, we, we do our very best not to deviate in any way and if we do find ourselves in, in deviation, then, then we return to the scriptures. We make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. That's the church that I want to be a part of. But any church that is founded on anything other than what is found in scripture, it's not the church that is founded upon Christ. And they claim that they are. But truthfully, they are not. I want to be a part of the church that follows the word of God. And that's why I'm a member of the church of Christ. I do know that to be the church, the church of the Bible. Beliefs and traditions of men, things that, that, that are taught by others, church cannot stand upon those. Those churches that are founded on these things, things other than what, is found in the authority of the scriptures, they will not stand. Why? Because they are not founded upon the foundation of Christ and his word. I want to be a member of the church of Christ because I know it to be the church of the Bible. I think you do too. Or you wouldn't be listening, watching this lesson. I hope that you'll join us next week, Tuesday at 11 a.m. as we study another portion of scriptures and another reason why I'm a member of the Church of Christ. If you need to contact me, you can do so through our congregation's website. 
you can go to marshillcoc.org. Again, marshillcoc.org, and our contact information is found there. Um, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, I'll try to answer them. But thank you for being with me today. And I hope to be back with you again next week, Lord willing. And until we meet again, may God bless you.